Extension. X Triple X. <laughs> Tentacion. Extension cord. That one too. Mm. XXL. Extra large. <laughs> Pause if need be. FMX. What the fuck is that? Wasn't that that magazine? FMH. Oh, FMH. Yeah, oh, FMH. I turned it porno. I made. I put the X. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, FMH XX. <laughs> <laughs> All right, three, two, one, hit it. What's good, everybody? Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. All the times of day. I hope they're good mm-hmm. to you and yours. This is another episode of your girlfriend's favorite podcast. With Vusani Matiba and Sizwe Moyo, the, your lovely hosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go any further, please do subscribe to our podcast on any platform you're listening to. Hit a like, favorite it, review it with a positive review. Follow us on our socials at YGF Podcast on Twitter, at your girlfriend's favorite pod on Instagram. Yeah, just search your girlfriend's favorite podcast on all these social platforms, except for Facebook, and you'll find us. You can literally just Google it and you'll find all the places where we're streamed as well. Yeah. You'll find our social pages. You can just Google it and it'll take you anywhere you need to go. That's crazy. We're Googleable. We're Googleable now. Mm. Yeah. Have you Googled yourself like recently? Nah, nah. Yeah. Your name appears in a few press releases <laughs> <laughs> if, if you check it out. Yeah, yeah. it does. We're Googleable. Uh, yeah. We made it. Yeah, I think this is this is fame. It's true frame. Yeah, true man. fame. One day our kids gonna look back at us and be like, "Damn, these niggas were cool, <laughs> cool as fuck." <laughs> no, then like when we have kids, like when they're grown and stuff, and they're gonna have things way cooler than podcasts. I think. Yeah. They already kind of do. Like kids have such cool shit. They're nowadays. gonna have like holographic concerts, Dude. like full blown. Like full blown. yeah, we got hologram concerts going around. Two pack and shit two in pack. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> two two pack. Two pack. <laughs> two pack. Uh MJ. Who else has been a hologram? Uh well yeah, all the dead niggas pretty much. Biggie, Pac, uh yeah. MJ. I think they did a Prince one mm. not long after he passed away. I think the legends are, are hologrammable. Like I don't want to see a hologram of I don't know, shit, shitty artists. <laughs> <laughs> like, you need to be worth something, dude. Like, if Madonna passes away, then yeah, you're going to have a Madonna thing. If, yeah. if Celine Dion passes away, you're going to have a Celine Dion thing. You don't do it for... You, you, <laughs> you don't want to be see, like, a weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, or Lil Peep. Or, <laughs> or these little, little... You have to be legendary. You have to be iconic. Except right? for Little Saint. You got to do it for Little Saint. What the hell is Little Saint? The dude in that dancing movie that died. And then they were like, we got to do it for Little Saint. Which movie was that, man? Is it Stomp the Yard? Was it Stomp the Yard? I don't no, know. it was the one with Omarion and the other guy. Step Up. Not Step Up. You got served. You yes. got served. Yeah, okay. they did it for Little Saint. Okay. You got served. Yeah, way too many dance. Why were <laughs> dancing movies so popular in like the early 2000s, dude? There were so many of Bro, them. People love dancing. There were 10 Step Up movies. There were three Stomp the Yard movies. <laughs> there was You Got Served. There was uh, Honey. There was Honey. Mm, yeah, Honey. Uh, dude, there were just so many of them. And then all those cheerleading movies Bro, as well. Like, like, people love dancing. Now there are no dancing movies, dude. Like, popular yeah, franchises. All the, the dances now on TikTok and mm. Instagram Reels. Now there's, now there's dance challenges. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But so probably this is the point where Soldier Boy pops up and says, I was the first to do it. A dancing challenge. Well, that that would make sense, though. Yeah. I think he was one of the first. He really utilized the internet 
to a mm. potential that nobody knew was possible. Like in '08, I was thinking about this the other day. Actually, the power of the internet based on internet speed throughout the years. The more popular internet become was only uh, became was only b- due to how fast the servers worked. If you yeah, think about true, it, actually, like internet usage in '08. Like, it's even difficult to think that was there was such a thing as internet in those days. Bro, we used to have WAP. (laughs) Before it was wet-ass coochie. (laughs) (laughs) It was actually internet. (laughs) Like, for the young kids out there, WAP was an internet type of service. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You could find anything there, and all it cost was a whole five rand. Like, (laughs) basically anything. Five rand for a picture, five rand for a video, five rand for a game. Your phone was the shit if you had edge internet speed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then edge. We, got, we got to H, then H+. Plus, then H+. Plus, then now three, LTE and 4G. 3G. Yeah, 3G. Well, 3G after that. Yeah, yeah, and LTE and 4G. Now 5G. Now 5G. Like, if you're not on 5G, now your shit is slow. Your shit is slow. Like, even 4G is fucking slow these days. I'm fine with 4G, man. Jeez. Like, yeah. I, well, I never really use my mobile data anyways. I'm usually on my Wi-Fi, so... Three, 4G, is, 4G was here for like six months until like 5G <laughs> came along. It was there for such a short amount of time. Like there wasn't even like a real promotion plan or a marketing Bro. plan around it, dude. It's like 5G, just like that. Mm. Yeah, I know. But yeah, internet, like, do you, I don't know if you started like this because I was actually listening to our last podcast and our last podcast started with you saying hard, uh, soft core topics <laughs> to which I said soft core porn. Right, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then we laughed about it, much like we just did. Now we're so childish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it's funny, but it's just, it, it is. It is funny. Dude. So I was thinking, like, yeah, in my formative years, that's the way I started on WAP, dude. Just you know, playing those games that say eighteen plus on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it, it started with like small things like that, and then it went to like okay, pictures of naked girls. Then it was like okay, videos of naked girls. Then it was yeah. videos of girls and boys doing things to each other. Like it, Actually, it was yeah, like it a builds gradual, up gradually. Yeah. It does, it so really now I was does. thinking, how many niggas just went straight? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like to the, to the hardcore. I stuff. feel like kids these days. Young guys these days are going straight into it because mm. they've got the internet at their disposal. Yeah, like and it's they, free now. Like you give a kid a tablet, a phone, mm. they can literally just go onto X videos like True. today. True. They don't even actually don't even need to go on a porn website. They can go on Twitter. They can go on Twitter. It's all there. <laughs> and you it's go all there. get those retweets. <laughs> like someone is always retweeting black sex videos or horny gifs or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Niggas unbearably horny yeah, on the timeline. Yeah, it's hazardous. It's dangerous levels of horny. But yeah, kids have way too much access to that yeah, type dude, of stuff. Dude, we had to go through so many paywalls <laughs> to get what we wanted just for like 30 seconds of bliss, dude. <laughs> like, Imagine five rand for a game like just to dude. download one of these you know, inappropriate games or whatever. Or five rand for a JPEG. And this oh. JPEG takes the whole day <laughs> to download. <laughs> Bro, it was ridiculous. It would take like an hour just to download a JPEG, dude. Like now, it's like you open a JPEG and in a second, it's there. It's there. It's, it's weird, man. The evolution of these things is and we've grown up weird. with this tech. That's the weird thing. Yeah, yeah, like we've been able to see the evolution. Like the '90s kids. Yeah. Excuse me. Like we've really grown up with all the advancements, mm. learning them as they come. Yeah. Mm. So I ever wonder. Like, you know how, like, our parents' generation, like, everyone in their 50s plus, mm. 
like their generation always needs help on the phone with the <laughs> dstv yeah, yeah 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 but like we just catch on to things quick but mm. i always wonder are we gonna get to that age where we stop catching on to things yeah. where we're also gonna need to call our kids in the room and be like how does this work <laughs> like the most simple thing like mm. how does a voice note work and i'm always Jeez. like the button's right there like it's, it's right yeah, there yeah I think we will. I think I'm already at that point to a degree, right? Maybe maybe it's a very minor degree. My dad was actually saying it the other uh, on Wednesday when I came home, he was saying, "Dude, like I need a new phone." I was like, "Why, Dad? Your phone is fine." He's like, "No, no, no. Um, I've I have storage issues on my phone. It keeps telling me phone is too full, stuff like that." So somebody called me and says that he he's got a good deal on a on a Vodacom phone for like two thousand. I'm like, Dad, don't buy a Vodacom phone. Before you buy a phone, please just call me so I can <laughs> yeah. so that there's some counsel. And he's like, Nah, man, I think that's a good idea because you catch on to this stuff a lot quicker than I do. Mm. He's like, Just take TikTok for example. How how am I gonna use TikTok? I'm like, Dad, to be honest, I don't know how to use TikTok either. <laughs> like, to be honest, yeah. I haven't caught on to that. Like, I'm mm. not even, like, embroiled in the culture of watching TikTok videos. But he's like, if both of us were to have a lesson today on TikTok, you'd catch on to it faster. And I was like, yeah, you're probably you're probably right. Yeah. But if you know how to use a smartphone, you'll be able to use any app that coincides with that smartphone. But I think we are slowly getting to that point where we're like... I don't know what the fuck is going on now. Like you, you said it the other week. Actually, like all these acronyms on Twitter. Yeah. Like they're, what they're the they're hell? Defeating me, bro. They're defeating people our age because I'm sure that it's 13 year olds that are coming with that stuff. They make acronyms for everything. Bro. I'm dead sure that it's youngsters that are doing people that. People be making whole sentences into an acronym. <laughs> Dude, if you know, you know. I will. I I Y K Y K Y. No, dude. <laughs> Acronyms are for three letters, <laughs> three word. We are actually just like icky icky. Fuck is this? My mom just got onto saying dope. Like, <laughs> like it's been years now. <laughs> she oh, just started man. saying it like in the past year. She's like, you know, dump. You know when I say I'm gonna go take a dump? Yeah. She's say, yeah, yeah, go dump. Like she, that's part of her <laughs> vernacular now. But it took years for her to get to that stage. Yeah. Now, for us, when we're older and things are going to be moving a lot faster in terms of technological advances, the way our parents are probably seeing it now, we're not going to know what the next like dope app is or the yeah. cool vernacular that kids use anymore. We're just going to keep calling people suckers. And <laughs> 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 okay, well, we don't call them that. But you know what I mean? We're going to yeah. call them all the old insults. That's like, actually true. Yeah, like, we're, it just we're, happens. We're going to just hit that stop. Mm. Be like this is as far as I'm going. I'm gonna yeah. keep it here. Yeah, yeah. It's Anything true. after that, you'll just sound ridiculous. Like as an old person, you shouldn't really be saying yeah. <laughs> things like dope and dump and like, stuff like that. I wouldn't want to walk into my parents having a conversation, hearing one of them say, "Oh, that's lit." Like <laughs> I'd be like, "What are you saying?" <laughs> Dude, my mom said, it, "I'm shooketh the other day." <laughs> Dude, I was shook. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, what is my sister feeling this woman, dude? Like, why is she using these words? I'm like, no, this is not right. I understand why old people are the way old people are. Mm, you shouldn't true. delve into that. Like, it's cool if you want to make a joke about it. But if you're making that part of your vernacular for real, yeah. nah, dude, stop it. <laughs> Just t- turn it off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but anyways, um, I don't think that's what any of us plan on talking about yeah, this morning. We just, yeah, we, <laughs> we just stumbled into that. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to discuss um, my week. Your week. Yeah, man. Can I just say a quick joke? If you want to. 
So, I was with my girlfriend the other day. Haha, mm-hmm. like, ha, that's funny. You got a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man. <laughs> I I said to her, "Oh, baby, yeah, you know, spending time with you, so lovely, mm-hmm. especially when we have sex, because <laughs> when we do anal, you know, it makes my whole day." When we do what? Anal. <laughs> okay. It makes my whole day. <laughs> she turns around to me and she says, well, when we do anal, it makes my whole week. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> that is a great joke. That is a great joke. <laughs> it makes my whole week. Get it? Uh, no, that is a, that is a good joke. That is a good joke. Thank you for interjecting <laughs> with that, dude. Okay, tell us about your week. <laughs> How long have you kept that one in the tub? Dude? I want to know. <laughs> it's been months. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, uh, earlier on in the week, we had a public holiday, right? Um, yeah. Youth Day. Happy Youth Day to the yeah, youths June out 16. there. Shout out to Soweto Uprising. Yeah, shout out to the... 76 squad. I don't know. What, what are we going to call them? An affectionate name for them. Uh, 76ers. The 76. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. These jokes write themselves <laughs> sometimes. 76ers. Okay. Yeah. So shout out to the 76ers. Um, Literally. Actually, like the 76ers beating the Hawks. The them Hawks too. are like police in SA. Mm. Hey. Mm. It Look, all lines up. <laughs> too many dots are being connected. The <laughs> sign of the dot connector. Okay. Yeah, shit, but yeah, the class of seventy six did a lot for us, uprising and shit. Yeah, I I want to get into that in just a second. Yeah, right? but it was youth day. So it was youth day. I came home, you know, visited my parents, spent the day with them. Did you wear your school uniform? I didn't. I don't know where that shit is, dude. Mm, yeah. Nah, me neither. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever do that. No, nah, I don't think so either. Um, so these um, what was I saying? Like, I left my laptop and stuff here, right? I was doing assignments while I was here, and I left my laptop with them, and I only realized when I was in Randburg, and I was like, there's no way I'm going back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I hit up my boy that lives here. Uh, he lives in Randhart, and he works in Kailami. I said, dude, please just go past my parents' house and grab my laptop, and I'll meet up with you somewhere tomorrow, right, to pick it up. And they're like, yeah, dude, while we're at it, let's just go for a drink, you know, and catch up. We haven't done that in a while. I was like... All right, you know, that's serendipitous, (laughs) you know. Uh, We just stumbled upon something cool there. I was like, okay, let's have a drink. We go out, we have a drink. Now, homeboy is married, he's got a child, all that type of stuff. And I don't want to say his name because I don't know if he listens to this pod or not. And one of the things that he he said, you know, now that he's a, a father and stuff like that, like, he was making me reminisce about the girls that we used to chase or the situations that yeah. we put ourselves in to get girls. And it's, like, really corny, right? <laughs> and, but that that's not really it. What he was saying is that, like, the sexual experiences with these girls, it was so telling because I haven't heard somebody be this honest about sex like this, mm. Okay. He's, he said that, you know, we'd go and we'd get these girls. You know, you'd be sober enough to be like, are you on birth control? Are you, you know, whatever. Are you a virgin? 
should we use a condom? You know, the conversations that you should be having to have, you know, yeah, safe sex in a, in a sense, you know, to prevent STIs and pregnancy. Yeah. And he's like, dude, we just go and fuck these girls without ever asking them that type of stuff. And he's like, aren't you surprised that you don't have more kids <laughs> than right now? Because if you think about it, most people aren't asking those questions, right? They're not saying, let's <laughs> let's grab a condom. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, you guys are doing it all willy-nilly. Excuse the <laughs> pun. <laughs> uh, willy-nilly. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just, from your point of view, how important is it to have those kind of discussions before sexual intercourse? Maybe as youngsters, we didn't understand it, but youngs- like youngsters now can can well, take something from that yeah i think it's 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 hugely important mm-hmm. um personally i always just strapped up mm-hmm. it was only once i got in a serious relationship mm-hmm. which is the one i'm in now mm-hmm. that i just then decided to raw dog it you know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but before that i was always just kind of like whether or not we're gonna have the conversation i'm just mm-hmm. gonna show up with uh, some condoms mm-hmm. But sometimes a conversation happened, uh, you know, like, but it's really quick. It's kind of like, mm. oh, do you have protection? Okay, yeah. And that's it. Mm. There's no actual, any other conversation about, are you on birth control? Do you have any STIs, STIs yeah. any STDs, all that. And so, yeah, I think we need to get to a point where those conversations happen. But I don't know wh- where you're going to find the time for them to happen. Because usually these transactions are so quick. Mm. But they're, I, I, they're quick, they're full of passion. Exactly. It's like in the moment thing. Exactly. So you're not really going to stop to have the full-on conversation. You're just probably going to have that quick, do you have a condom on you? Yeah. And like, yeah. yes, no. And they, from there, you just do whatever. But can I be honest about my experience in that case where it's like, a girl asks you, do you have a condom? For some reason, girls never assume that I've got HIV. Like, they never assume that I could possibly have some <laughs> sort of STI. Yeah. I think I'd have to be much skinnier. Like, <laughs> I'd have to be thin. Yeah. Like, but for some reason, they never assume that. So, there's that thing of, okay, a girl's asked me, do you have a, a condom? And it doesn't seem to change whether or not we're going to have sex. That's the, like, dangerous thing about hookup culture. Yes, you're asking the right questions. But if I say I don't have a condom, and you're like, oh, well, let's do it anyways. It's like... Yeah, I, I don't think I would ever do that. I've never done You've that. You've never done that. You never had unprotected, like, a hookup. when you just... You didn't even plan it. You didn't bring condoms that day. You didn't plan mm. on doing that. You just rocked up somewhere, and things happened to turn out that way. Never. Nah. Nah, okay. Oh, that's fair enough. I just... Like yeah. I said, for me, I'd have I it I have to be in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a hookup, I would never take that risk. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I I wish I practiced that much caution. I think there are there it, it's too dangerous, dude. And the fact that I came out the other side clean. <laughs> have you ever watched the movie The Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. Okay. So at the end of the movie, the main character crawls through a sewer. <laughs> Of shit, and that's the way I see it. <laughs> yeah. That's why I see this whole like hookup culture thing. It's very dangerous. It's like you meeting up with somebody you never tested together. You don't. 
pre-ejaculation creates babies, apparently. And you're just throwing all of that type of stuff out of the window. So I found myself thinking of myself as Andy Dufresne, just (laughs) crawling through this sewer. (laughs) And you know, like those moments of passion, like you call them, they're really nice. But then the moments following that are not worth it. They're not worth it. It's just too much stress. It's too much tension. It's thinking, you know, like I'm 19. Do I really want a child right now? (laughs) So, yeah, I just would like to say if people could practice more caution when, when hooking up with other people. I think we're so deeply entrenched in eye testing where yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you look healthy. Yeah. Therefore you, you don't should be healthy. Yeah. And that's just something that's deeply rooted in society. Yeah. It's kind of like linked to like pretty pr- privilege and all of that mm, where, mm. uh, where psychology says what looks good is good. Mm. Uh, same principles about incarceration and everything. Prettier people get lighter sentences because we assume yeah, I you saying this. we assume the crime was an accident if you're good looking. But if you're an ugly fuck, you're like, you're just bad to the bone. <laughs> you're bad to the bone. <laughs> you wanted to kill like it was an accident. Yeah. And I think the yeah. same thing happens with sex. Mm. We look at someone who's pretty and good looking and we say, nah, no way this chick has anything, bro. She's clean. Mm. Mm. And then, yeah, we go in. Whole time she could be carrying all types of infections. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm scared of the infections that can bypass condoms more than anything. That's why I, I, I still maintain HIV couldn't is not the worst. Like, there are mm. things that even condoms cannot detect. Like, let's just say from the pubic area, not necessarily <laughs> the vagina itself. Yeah. It's like, no, there, there are scary things out there, man. There are scary... Th- like, ha, what about AIDS? <laughs> ha, what about chlamydia? Like, because yeah. technically, you could put on a condom, mm-hmm. but before you penetrate, you could go down and just go and give her oral. And exactly. just like that, you got herpes. Just got, like got that. Got the herpes, man. Just like that. <laughs> so, you, yeah, you protected your dick, <laughs> but your mouth is fucked now. <laughs> like, it's over. Yeah. And you know, you don't want to be that guy that wears like a mouth. Aren't, aren't there like mouth guards against that type of thing? I have no idea. There are, man. The pharmaceutical com- uh, companies <laughs> would never let something, an opportunity like that go. Those guys are <laughs> capitalists. If there are any like groups of people that innovate better than any other, it's the pharmaceutical people. What kills me is that, like, I know it's difficult to just cure things. Right. That I know, it's extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. But what kills me is that they would rush, they would much rather invest in something like the mouth guard, <laughs> as as opposed to like let's just put our millions towards just ending Cancer. this shit, yeah. like just end herpes. <laughs> like we could literally just invent some injection, some vaccine yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. No one will ever get herpes again. End herpes. <laughs> but then they're like, nah, fuck, bro. Let's make a mouth guard. Yeah, let's let's yeah. allow people to have oral <laughs> instead. Instead of curing the entire herpes, you see. Yeah, no, capitalist mentality, bro. (laughs) Pharmaceutical companies, I have to give you this, man. (laughs) I'm sorry. You guys are so innovative. You guys know how to package. The other other day, remember I was telling you about pregnancy, like how it fucks up your Mm. teeth, right? So I'm I'm at the store and I'm buying Sensodyne. Mm. Now there are five different types of Sensodyne, right? But they, they tell you that it's different. They all look different. 
And then you read the descriptions of what the specific Sensodyne does. Okay. Now, Sensodyne, just from listening to it, what do you think it is? Again, helps your teeth against sensitivity. Sensitivity. Yeah. Exactly. So the first one says protects, uh, no, it says uh, for sensitive teeth. The second one says for, um, for sensitive teeth and enamel protection. Mm. Okay. And then the third one says enamel protection and sensitivity. Like they just twist the words around and all of these things, they look different, yeah. but they all do the same thing, dude. And they're able to price them differently. That's messed up. You guys need to do this. I, 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 I prompt you guys to go to Discam clicks, whatever it is, and go to this toothpaste section where they sell Sensodyne. They've got five different brands. Well, five different versions of the same brand. And they all say for sensitive teeth. Now, Sensodyne is already for sensitive teeth. <laughs> you don't need to put that on yeah, each yeah. one of the boxes. Like, anyways, that's what pharmaceutical companies do. They innovate only to make more money. Yeah. Or definitely. they repackage well. Let me just put it like that. Yeah, but anyways, where were we? With hey, that tell us about your week, man. We somehow drove off into here. No, man, I uh, know that, that, um, yeah, like while we were catching, like grabbing a beer and stuff, we were just, uh, oh, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I said I was having a beer with my mm. boy, yeah, you said about the sex, shit. yeah, that was one of the things, and then we kind of delved into other topics about, like, if we were to go to one of those places today, like, let's say a club setting, mm. and we just said, like, it's for somebody's birthday, and we don't want to go with our wives or our girlfriends or significant others. Just want to go and have a good time. Ball and chain at home. Huh? <laughs> Saying leaving the old ball and chain. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and we just say like months in advance. We tell them guys, this is what we're doing, and that's it. Yeah. All right. And then he was he was having concerns that you know maybe if we were to do that, then we'd end up falling into the patterns that we used to fall into when we were much younger and single. Mm. Then I was like, dude, I actually don't think so. Because our minds aren't there anymore. Like, we're not... Okay, I, I'll speak for myself in this case. I, we're not looking for the club type of chick anymore. Like, that shallowness. We're not looking for that anymore. It's not what we... Before, it used to be a desirable trait. It's like, the shallower, the better. My chances, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. The shallower, the better my chances. But that was a reflection on me, if you think about it. It's like, mm. why do I need to chase a girl that's like that, but I'm not like that? You know what I yeah. mean? But anyways, I was like, dude, I don't think so because we would hold our we'd hold each other accountable for our behavior. Because you're married, you've got a child, I'm in a committed relationship, child on the way, and do you think we'd really be in a club with like nineteen, twenty year old, twenty one year old kids and wanna hook up with them? Like, does that even sound remotely yeah, it doesn't sound appealing. doesn't sound appealing, dude. So it's like, yeah, we can go to a club and we can just smoke cuddly, drink, whatever, mm. do what we do and mind our own business. I, just from your point of view, do you think you'd be comfortable in that setting? I don't think, like, if we're just going to chill. Going to go yeah, chill. Yeah, I'd have a great time. But then without but your partner, just like, with it's just you and your boys. That's it. Yeah, I think I'd have a ton of fun with, yeah. the, with the homies. Absolutely. But it would then start getting tricky if not everyone's on the same page. Mm. So, f say, for example, 
Let's just say it's five of you. Five five of the boys. Mm-hmm. Two of you are very in very committed relationships. Okay. Three of them are single. <laughs> that yeah. changes the dynamics of that night out yeah. quite drastically. Yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. As much as the boys are always going to be like, hey, we respect your relationships, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we'll go make sure you don't do anything. Mm-hmm. At some point, they might bring girls into the section. Mm-hmm. And then that's where things now get different because no one ever wants to be the party pooper. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have to now like make sure that, okay, if I'm going to talk to any girl, I have to keep the conversation in a certain way. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Because right. you don't want to be like, get the fuck out <coughs> of here, I'm in a relationship. You don't want to be a, yeah. a dickhead about it. Or, right. So it's like... Although that's what girls want us to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, that's what I'm saying. It also depends on the group dynamics. Mm. If we're all going out as a group of five committed gents, mm. when we know nothing's going to happen, we're just going to go there, chill, have our drinks, have our hub, mm-hmm. probably dance and laugh around, Yeah. and then go home. Dancing is risky. <laughs> yeah, dancing, dancing won't be risky if women come into the circle of our dancing. Okay, maybe my mind is a bit warped, but if you're at a club setting and the da- you're on a dance floor, people are bumping into people. You're dancing and some girl might think that's an invitation to dance next to you or on you, for that matter. Uh, you, you just gotta move away. Or you just stick to your section where you set up the hub. Yeah. That's where you dance. <laughs> that's what you gotta do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where you set up camp. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. that's what you gotta do. Yeah. So that would be a different thing. You know what I mean? mm, mm. mm. So, yeah, it just depends. And obviously, self-control is also a huge thing. Yeah. Because easily, as a group of committed guys, women could still approach the group. That is true. And that's now where self-control has to come in. And you have to now decide. And it's almost like because sometimes a decision might fall on one member of the group Mm. in the sense of, we might be chilling at our camp. Yeah. And you get tapped on your shoulder. Yeah. The rest of us are just sitting around talking. And here's someone saying, hi, me and my friends would like to join you guys. Hmm. You guys look really fun, cool. Mm. Now you got to make a decision for everyone. And, of course, men are men. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, like, you men do things. I'm saying you. it's like... The curiosity. Curiosity. Yeah. That's what I always say, like... Yes, you have a partner doesn't mean you don't find other people attractive. That's very true. So what's to say in that group or the person that taps you on your shoulder is not attractive to you? Mm. Now, are you just going to be like, no, nah, no, thanks, we're good. Bye. Or are you going to be like, oh, yeah, you've been ha- you've had a few drinks in you. There's mm. such a vibe going on around. Yeah. And fr- in a friendly way, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, come through. We've got a hubbly, we're chilling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. come chill. And that, and that's mm. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, so. it's kind of like a trap because you don't want to seem like because you've got a, a girlfriend or a partner that you can't be friendly towards other women. Mm. But I've always been under the, under the assumption or the ideology that that's not possible. Okay, you can be friendly to other women with one intention. That's always the way I've seen it. That's why I try to like. Avoid that. Like, if if that were to happen to me, I would be on the other side of the table trying not to make conversation. Yeah. And that is assholish, dude. I don't want it to be that way. But to protect yourself and your own interests, 
Let these niggas talk to these girls, bro. Let these niggas yeah. talk to them and entertain them. But as far as, as far as I can see, somebody is gonna be at that party that knows you, and that knows your girlfriend or at least her handle, <laughs> <laughs> and that is too risky for me. Like, mm. dating in let's say Alberton <laughs> and the East Rand, just at large, it's too risky because everybody knows everybody, or at the very least, knows them on social media. Yeah, that is something else. So if I go to Stones right now, there's gonna be some people that know friends of mine, and those they're gonna say to my friends, "Hey man, I saw Cizwe speaking, like not just speaking to, her, but looking very cozy with." XXX, right? Yeah. Not not XXX. They don't even what have the to fuck? say a name. They can just X. say with some girl. With some girl, right? Mm. And then that information goes from some like somebody that you know to your girlfriend, and then all of a sudden you're in, you're in an issue. Yeah. So that's it, why it's a tough one, like having girls around when you're. Yeah. That's why I get where your friends coming from, where yeah. he says he thinks it's not such a good idea. It's not to a go good hang idea. out like this because you could easily fall into your old habits. Yeah, and like I say, like you, you need to understand that you'll be drinking, it'll mm-hmm. be a vibe, it's a mm-hmm. good time. When you're in a jolly mood, you're not necessarily in a mood to tell people to stay away from you. You're also that not is in also a mood true. to not conversate with people. You want that to is also true. Talk to people, but it can very easily cross a line where your conversation is purely friendly, like. Oh yeah, I fucks with SpongeBob too. Okay, and then <laughs> before you know it, it's oh you're so beautiful. What what what? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So you have to like have yeah. self control, like I say. Yeah, self control in that situation would be very important. But at the same time, it's like I don't know, man. The self control aspect. Yeah, I I get that. Like, that should be paramount. Obviously, if you have a girlfriend, you know that wherever you go, you need to practice a a level of self-control. In a club setting, it's even more so because people go there under the, you know, like, the predication of the club scene is that you're going to do something sexual or it's part of the hookup culture or it's part of, like, you know, you know, you you go there, you're going to make out with somebody. Like, whatever you're thinking at 19, dude, like... That's what that place is, right? It's mm. not a place where you just go and smoke a weed. That's not what it is. That's not the mentality or the atmosphere calls for in a place like that. Yeah. But now that you're grown and you don't want to do that, you should be able to just go to the cu- club and smoke a weed. Like, that should be a possibility. Yeah. I want to go and spend time with my gents. No girlfriends around. But then they beg the question, why do you want no girls around? Like, <laughs> no, I... I want to talk to my friends yeah. without you guys judging us about how childish right. our conversations like, are. Sometimes there, there's a place and time for you to be there. Right, right, right. And right. Place and time. Like, there's times where you guys can come. Mm. And there's times where you guys do not need to be there. Absolutely. And the times where you don't need to be there doesn't mean that it's because we want other women there. It's just, no, we just need to be with our boys. Exactly. Exactly. But I think girlfriends and wives struggle to understand that. Yeah. Well, not all, but some. Other Ugh. women, like, will literally say, I'm not stupid. I know if you're going to go out, there's going to be women. It's now up to you to just not cheat. Mm. It's fine. Mm. Sit with them. Mm. Let them into the section, mm. but don't be an idiot. 
other women mm. do say that to their partners. So it's like they're just saying, just respect me. Respect me enough True. to be like, True. fine, interact with people, male or female, doesn't matter, but yeah. make sure you do the right thing. Hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's a tough one, man. I think having your girlfriend around is always safer. But then I think, well, I don't know if you've had this experience where you're with your significant other and maybe there's a, a nice chick that walks past or whatever. And all you want to do is look, dude. But you feel like, ah, oh, damn, if I look, she's going to see me looking. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You don't want that burden like everywhere you go, right? You don't yeah. want that. Like girls know that we look at other girls. Y- your girlfriend knows that for mm. a fact, but she never wants to see you doing that. Yeah. She never wants to see you doing that. And that's the thing about going to I don't know where niggas need to go to get away from their girlfriends. If it's not a club setting, it's gonna be a lounge setting. Either way, you're gonna go to a place where other women will be there. It's always gonna be an existential <laughs> existential yeah. threat. I guess it's a threat to her. But if I just wanna go there, I wanna smoke hubby, like I haven't seen these guys in ages. I shouldn't really be thinking about what my girlfriend is thinking right now. Mm. Just to be honest, like, I shouldn't be thinking about what she feels. I shouldn't be worrying about checking out another girl. Like, something that simple. I shouldn't be worried about that. Yeah, that's true. Anyways, uh, we're on music time, man. If we can get into that right now. Yeah. Uh, we'll play some music. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who are first-time listeners or even returning listeners, music time is where we play some jams, some bops. Mm-hmm. Uh, course we've been copyright striked oh yeah we've had some copyright strikes in the last few weeks mm. uh so yeah it's touch and go but i'm gonna play some music from former wwe wrestler booker t no shut the fuck up what it yeah <laughs> it's it's really nice bro <laughs> uh what? yeah here's the song i see you'll find this guy's an r&b nigga <laughs> Uh, he's a DJ, he's a DJ. Okay. Yeah, it's a very dope song. Enjoy it. This is not Booker T. It's Booker T. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <I swear to you. laughs> He's a DJ. Not like this though. <laughs> what? Simpsons. 
that was Booker T <laughs> with a remix of the song called More of You by Emily Sunday mm. and Nana Rogues and Stoneboy. Yeah, man. Booker T's out here DJing, making soulful remixes. Mm-hmm. Not just out here doing spinner rings. He <laughs> <laughs> needs to look at his hand. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> 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 okay. Can you dig it? Suckers! There's some kids actually who don't even know who Booker T is. It's sad. They're probably actually like this, man. I'd never heard of you. <laughs> Nobody in Europe had ever heard of you. <laughs> is that what, like one of those parliamentary guys? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I've never heard of you. <laughs> so what do you got for us in the second half, homeboy? In the second half? Yeah, right. yeah. I wanted to... I was reading uh, some Quora. Mm. Quora. Q-Ora. Yeah. Quora. Quora. Yeah. Yeah, however you say it. Uh, and I was reading about a topic about what's wrong with relationships today. Oh, so much. Mm. So much. Yeah, and this, there was a lot of answers. People said a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to get your take. What do you think? Just quick, some quick points. What do you think? Uh, so what is wrong with relationships today? If you just list a few things. Sure. Uh, communication. Uh, lack of effort. Uh, lack of understanding. Yeah, I think those are things that are wrong with relationships mm. communication being the biggest one probably yeah i agree I yeah agree, definitely uh some that i saw mm-hmm. as well in the quora uh, thread mm-hmm. was someone said this person you know there's always like that top answer mm. it's a really fucking academic person yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah. it's always this, like that this person was like uh there's cultural pressures mm. that they've noticed on the eastern part of the world because you know we always say there's western ideals and eastern ideals right so they said like eastern ideals where they were they were from asia Mm -hmm. like indonesia to be specific Mm -hmm. but they said there's a lot of cultural pressures that cause relationships have a lot of issues and they said in the western world there's too much individualization Right, which we know Western people are very individualistic yeah. in their cultures. Yeah. And she said that's also an issue in the West because then it sort of makes relationships transactional. Yeah. That okay. I'm only gonna date you if I benefit something. That it's is like a transaction. Mm. But it happens on both sides because on the eastern side the cultural pressure is that she made an example of how like in Asia that they, your parents and your grandparents will ideally want you to only find a partner who's smart, works a certain type of job. Mm. Like, you know, those are the requirements. Yeah. So yeah, it's also yeah. sort of transactional. Like, they want you to date someone mm. of a certain class even. Yeah. Uh, I know in India we have the caste system. I don't know if that's still going on, mm. where people are divided into different social castes. Which is basically like saying at the bottom you are the bottom of society, and they're called I forgot something Brahmin, Ramen, some fucking type of cow. Ramen is and noodles. And then <laughs> <laughs> there's the top type of cow name as well, 
which is also a social cast. And those are like, they basically say those two social casts can never date each other. What? So if you come from this social cast and I'm from this one, we cannot date each other. That is crazy. If you're at the bottom, I'm at the top. Sorry. It's like segregation. It's like saying yeah. niggas and whites can't be together. So that's like like Eastern ideals. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, yeah, we, we need to keep it here. Sometimes even in African cultures, we see it in South Africa where ideally some people say it's ideal if you date someone from our own culture. They mm-hmm. speak the same language. They, mm-hmm. You know. Their value yeah. systems are similar. Mm. Yeah. It's like kind of you're pressured into doing that. Uh, and then in the West, you know, capitalism's taken over and everything. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you should only date someone who's rich. You don't go date a rich man or woman, even these days. Nowadays, men don't want to date broke women. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so things are becoming very transactional. No one actually just wants to date a person for who they are intrinsically. <laughs> Everyone wants to date you for what you can offer them. We see it even on shows like Date My Family. One yeah, of the questions yeah. that always gets us, Does are you working? Are, are you working? employed? Yeah. And if your answer is no, all of a sudden they cut to the diary cam where someone's like, mm, mm-hmm. I don't think they'll be good yeah. for my friend because he's not working yeah. or she's not working. Yeah. Like that has nothing to do with like, how will they love your partner? Like <laughs> how, they, how will they respect them, treat them in a relationship? But transactionally, it's like, yeah, that needs to be there. They need to have the the cash. And I know that's the whole thing. Relationships do cost money. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, can't mm-hmm. run away from that. Mm-hmm. But like this is what th- they were saying, their core threat, that mm. it's very transactional these days. It's less about the actual respect, love, communication, and more about what, what can you, can you do for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. How can you improve my life economically? I, I get that. And... I I'm not I'm not um opposed to that aspect of relationships because although love, respect, loyalty, all those things are necessary for relationships, your ability to benefit me needs to like okay, maybe not financially, but I, I saw somebody, a gent who posted that I want I want somebody who can actually elevate me in terms of my education level. Like, if there are things mm. that I don't know, I want somebody that's actually a bit smarter than me that can, you know, edify me throughout my relationship. I don't want just somebody that's beautiful. Like, I can love you, yeah, but if you have nothing else to offer, then love is just not enough, right? Yeah. So, I understand the transactional aspect of it. Maybe in the capitalistic way, it's a bit gross because it's like yeah you need to come into this relationship with some sort of financial assets and stuff like that it's like okay yeah. that's kind of an extreme case but i don't i sure as hell don't want somebody that's going to be in my life that can't do anything for me dude mm. like I, I i i mean that <laughs> so if you're not improving my life in one way or another then love is just not going to be enough like some some girl actually said to me not long after we had broken up that I'm always going to love you. So you can love somebody to your heart's content, but you can't be with them if they're not adding on to your life in different aspects. Mm. So I think that social class shit, like what's the point of it? What are you, what's the point of it? 
Well, in India, it's like yeah. What what what's the actual point? Is it just to separate bloodlines, or is it to separate? Yeah, it's like social all caste? of that to separate people economically, uh, based on your academics, your knowledge. Yeah, you know, obviously, yeah. people at the bottom, chances are they're not gonna be people who are highly educated. Yeah, yeah. Like as far as tertiary education goes, they won't have diplomas, degrees, all mm, of that. Mm, mm. Um, and also that's part of the transaction as well, that people want that social capital from someone mm. they wanted to be like i can't date you if you're not educated mm. and by educated they mean you hold some sort of paper which says you graduated with whatever yeah, that's that's not necessarily education I as mean, well some so. people even look at those types of things as when it comes to kids yeah like yeah. some people say like i don't want to have kids with someone who's not you know, who hasn't gone to university, mm -hmm. who isn't like this, like this, like this, because they're saying, I don't want my kids to come out, you know, with bad genes or whatever. Okay, I don't know if that's the way biology works, but... <laughs> yeah, and it's so strange. <laughs> it, it is strange, but I, I sure as hell don't want to be with somebody, for instance, who doesn't, who, who can't have kids. So that's another transactional aspect of it that's not mm. financial, right? You want to be with somebody that you can build a legacy with and procreate with. Like, that's mm. a, a prerequisite for me. I guess you'll never know until <laughs> until yeah. you're trying to have the baby. But, like, that's something that I've thought about. Like, there needs to be a transactional aspect of it or else why are you in the relationship? What are you trying to get from the other person? Let's say mm. you're doing it with the best of intentions as well. You're not doing it for capital gain. What is it that you're trying to gain from this other person? Why are you in their life? See, but this is, I think, what the issue then becomes of the transaction, whereby mm -hmm. I could meet someone who yeah. gives me what I want, right, and what I need. Mm -hmm. But what's to say two years down the line, I don't run into someone who can offer more. More of that thing that you're being given mm. already. Okay. okay. And that's what we see happening. Yeah, People yeah. always leave for more. That is true. Uh, we see it typically with finances because it's easier to quantify finances. Correct. So we always see it of, I went from dating a person that was earning five-figure salary to a person that earns a six-figure salary. Right. It was better for me mm -hmm. to be with someone who's like that now. Mm -hmm. But it also happens in other cases, you know what I mean, like with other things. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's why they say like this whole transactional thing is a problem because as well... Like someone is always gonna have more, so when you encounter That's someone true. has more, it means this person you're with now is disposable. But it shouldn't be like that. I think, yeah, I I see where the issue is with that. But it's like I was saying in the beginning, lack of effort leads to that type of stuff. Mm. If you're not putting in the effort for that relationship to work out, in spite of the fact that somebody has more of the thing that you desire, then the relationship was doomed. To begin with, dude, it, yeah. it should never have gotten past a certain point. It's like, yeah, I love you, and you're giving me everything that I want and need. Anything over and above that is greed, mm. right? Anything over and above that is greed, and it's the effort aspect that you're that that I was talking about that stops th that type of stuff from happening, dude. Like, you yeah. put in the effort, and let's say it's uh okay, a cheating. Ah, oh, Jesus, cheating. <laughs> it's a cheating scenario yeah. where, okay, 
the reason why I'm going to this person, let's say it's something superficial. She's got a bigger bum. She's got a bigger (laughs) rack. Like, it's something superficial. And that's why I decided to sleep with her. It's like, dude, that's just greed now. Because it's not like Mm. your girl has a small ass. (laughs) It's just that it's not as big as that girl's ass. Like, dude, like, look look at the reasons that you're you're giving. It's like, you're just greedy. It's just... Mm. And that's usually the case with men cheating. It's not because they think, oh, I'm so much more in love with, or I could be so much more in love with that girl than I am my own girlfriend. Nah, it's just greed. It's just greed. I just want more. I I just want more. And that's pretty much what we're cheating for. But women, on the other (laughs) hand, (laughs) they cheat to hurt you. They, They cheat not for selfish reasons. They cheat to make you feel bad. And men mm. don't cheat to make women feel bad. Men cheat because we're greedy. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually true. Women don't cheat out of passion. They premeditate that shit. Like, yeah. it's premeditated. Like, yeah. But I, I don't know. I think another thing that's wrong with relationships today mm. is social media. Oh, yeah. I think social media mm. is, <laughs> I hate to say this, but it's killing the youth. <laughs> social media is drugs <laughs> social media is unemployment social media is aids Look, man. it's killing our youth Jeez. Uh, I think so, so social media has created a lot of comparison mm. a lot of people are now living vicariously through others and living in competition non-existent competition yeah. with other people mm-hmm. so everything is now being compared and then there's the third part of the triangle which is a lot of people are seeking validation. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people don't know if they're in a happy relationship mm-hmm. until they get validation from mm-hmm. everyone else to say your relationship looks so good. Right. And that's the that's the the perils of social social media that pe- we are we are looking at people living their lives mm-hmm. or at least showing us parts of their lives. Mm-hmm. And then we're basically saying, oh, fuck, my life sucks compared to that. Mm. Compared to that 2% of their life they showed me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I was actually going to speak about a similar topic today. Um, I was doing an assignment and the assignment was based on visual culture, right? Mm. So you just reminded me that, okay, it's something that I wanted to add to my assignment about social media and the standards that are there. So I was studying beauty standards, that one aspect of visual culture. Yeah, yeah. Beauty standards and uh, how it affects culture. Mm. And now beauty standards aren't created by culture. Beauty standards are created by people who, ho- who hold power. So mm. um, the one thing that I was studying was the European or Western sense of beauty. And it's always tall, skinny. Caucasian characteristics, right? Yeah. Even women who are black that have inherently Caucasian characteristics, let's say, yeah, are considered beautiful. It's not necessarily a white thing, but if your characteristics are, uh, uh I don't know, like your your jawline, your nose shape, yeah, high, cheekbones. Um, high cheekbones, small waist, not much booty. Those are recognizably Caucasian characteristics, right? And that's considered beautiful. Mm. And one of the things that I mentioned in in that assignment is that not only are those beauty standards unrealistic 
for the masses, right? Yeah. That are not part of Western society. Not even, not even that aspect. People that are part of Western society can't even live up to those standards of beauty. Yeah. Because you can't, like, there are a lot of people that don't fall into any of the three categories, right? Let's say you're not tall, you're not physically thin, and you don't have any Caucasian characteristics. Mm. Let alone all of those. It creates depression amongst the population that does not, like, fit into any of those categories. And that's a huge issue, dude. Like, you mentioned social media. It's not just social media. It's been in advertising for centuries yeah. that you have to look a certain way. Um, and now we have women who are African women. It's still like it's still obvious in our culture that they're doing contour lines to make their noses look more Shopper, European. Yeah. yeah. Weird. It's it's weird. Uh, I mean, <laughs> your beard is weird. Your beard is <laughs> weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's 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 awkward. Like I mean weaves and stuff what are weaves actually trying to show us that they're trying to be more like european hair right that women who wear them are trying to have more european like hair black hair is curly (laughs) it's not straight like Mm. it's the complete opposite of what you're born with so you're trying to deviate from your own natural look to be something that you're not based on these eurocentric beauty standards and that's what social media does on a mass level that's what mm. me- social media does on a mass level. So, I don't know. How do, how do we get to this convo? How do we get to this topic? Uh, it's fine. I don't know. But, we yeah, it's a very interesting one. It. It's fine. Yeah, it's very interesting. But, yeah, I think, like, as far as beauty standards go, mm. yeah, we, we, we still, for the most part, hold the Eurocentric beauty standards to the standard. Like, it's still the standard mm. Mm, widely. Mm. But slowly, bit by bit, things mm. are starting to change. But even when they're changing, like for example, they're still oppressive to some. I was degree. watching the movie Fatherhood. Kevin, Kevin Hart. Hart. I had it on my docket as well. Yeah, I I absolutely love the fact that all of the women in that movie were dark skinned black. Same. Women. Yeah. But all of them were dark skinned black women. Who had the small noses, the Euro Eurocentric they were the, they were characteristics? Like basically, exactly. dark women with Eurocentric features. Exactly. So exactly like, what no, I'm I mean, saying. <laughs> exactly. It's still like okay, but where's the round nose? Where's the yeah. full, very full lips? Where's the full body figure? You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. So it was like k- kudos to putting in dark skinned women, mm. but we still have a long way to go. That these are the beautiful dark skinned women we had mm. to find. For the role. Even the main character, the black woman, she had light colored eyes. Like if you saw yeah. her eyes, they were they were light in color. I'm like, Yeah, this this is a white <laughs> woman, man. The more the more you talk about it, the more I'm like, Yeah, this this is a white woman. Mm. <sighs> but so we still got a long way to go. Mm. Uh, I, I even see on Instagram there was this like there's this gossip account, man, called Popcorn Room. I was gonna say called the Shade Room. Okay. And <laughs> Like, they do this promo thing where they're promoting, like, skin bleaching, skin bleaching products. Mm. And then there was this one post I laughed at where it was, like, there was a dark skin woman. Mm. Nothing was wrong with her. Skin, smooth, clear, mm. everything. Mm. Beautiful. <laughs> I, I'd like, I didn't know what was the r- yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. But the caption on that first picture was, before the glow. 
And then the next picture is where she's the, a light-skinned woman. What? After using the products and it says, after the glow. And then I was oh like, God. bro, I was like, damn, we st- I was like, this is fucked up, bro. I was like, we still mm, got a, mm, a mm, huge mm, way mm. to go to solve, because light skin or fair skin mm. is also a European beauty standard. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So it's like, damn, we still got a long way to go, bro. Like when these products are being promoted. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, thinking, I was like, it's not like you're even promoting this for hyperpigmentation. It wasn't like yeah. she had dark spots that she was trying to light into her tone. You just made her light in her whole entire body, like for no reason. Dude. And then said before the glow and after the glow. It's sick. Now that you mentioned the glow, I wanna I don't want I wanna read you this this part of my assignment, okay? Um it, it speaks to what you're saying right now. Okay, so it says that uh, an example of this, okay, where should I start? An example of this is the way in which the Western world has perpetuated a certain female beauty standard through its images, most notably in the fashion and beauty industries. This was most apparent during the 20th century and perhaps even the early 20, uh, 21st century, where the conventional beauty standard was thin, almost ad nauseum, tall, fair skinned, uh, with. Uh, fair-skinned women with recognizably Caucasian anatomical characteristics. This ideology no doubt caused depression amongst the groups that were uh, represented in any of the aforementioned ca- uh, categories for obvious reasons. But it was also a deviation from the old adage that beauty was in the eye of the beholder to this em- amended version that the idea of beauty was rather held by the powerful and perpetuated by thin, tall, fair-skinned women with recognizably Caucasian anatomical characteristics. And then the example of the beauty standard, right? Was this picture in its an extreme case, right? It was the old racist cartoons that they used to make. Yeah, the minstrel type of shit. Yeah. So this one was advertising Cook's lightning soap. Now it's an old white maid bathing a black child. And the black child, after using it, has a white face. Like, that made me sick, dude. And there were so many of these uh, soap adverts that had this. And then in the background, it's other black kids looking, like, in amazement. Like, they also want to be using this soap, you know, bathed in this soap. Mm. It's like, you guys are basically saying that being black is being dirty. Yeah, it's fucked up. Like... Yeah, but basically it says our our societies are constantly being fed images of what is deemed beautiful and women in this case in this case bear the brunt of this because of the implication that they need to look a certain way to be courted by men and to be accepted by society to uphold a certain image, however however unrealistic it might be. And that's so true, dude. Like it's really speaks to this this beauty standard being unrealistic and Men don't necessarily like that, mm. but we're being told that that's what they do. That's what that's what they want. Like I think it was a Prada advert where this girl put on Prada and whatever, and all of a sudden, you know, all the eyes were on her. You know how they, you know, dramatize yeah. those close-ups and all the eyes are on her, and then she gets a guy who looks like just the f- male version of her, and they ride off into the sunset. They're both very <laughs> white. They're both yeah. very fitting into the stereotypes of what the european eurocentric uh, standard of beauty should be for both sexes mm. it's like 
it's still obvious, dude. Gillette Edwards, like all of yeah. them show this Yardley, L'Oreal, they're all showing the same things, dude. Yeah. Slowly we need to change things. Yeah. Um, mm. Some people try. Uh, Fair. I yeah. see a lot of campaigns where they're using people with more African fe- features. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And they're showing how beautiful they are. Yeah. Not uh, not how they beautiful they can be. Because that's, sort of, that's another mm. mistake people like. Like mm. people make that mistake of saying how beautiful our beauty can be. No, it not can be. It already is. It is exactly. It is exactly. And that's what we need to get everyone to accept mentally. You know what I mean? But we're going to need that to be shown in the media. Yeah. So, like, when you see shit like Kendrick Lamar saying, show me something natural. Yeah, he's speaking to the people who hold the power, uh, so to speak. Like, the people who hold the most influence over societies are the people who run media houses. Like, because that bar weighs, like, like, uh... What's the something stretch marks? Show me something nas- natural like ass with some stretch marks. Because yeah. I've never, not once in my life, mm-hmm. seen a woman without stretch marks. Yeah, I don't think I have either. Every time I've been with a woman intimately, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been to motherfucking beach and people in bikinis, yeah, yeah. you all got stretch marks, you all got yeah. cellulite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so all this fucking airbrushing that y'all are doing on Photoshop, you photographers and editors. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are ruining people's <laughs> mental image of themselves. Yeah, it's a fact. I hate to say it to you. And it's so strange because oftentimes the person who's editing this picture, mm-hmm. like fucking brushing out all the imperfections, mm-hmm. I put that in the air quotes, mm-hmm. you are literally editing this picture while you have those same imperfections. Yeah. And you're going to send that off to the masses? Like, come on, man. C- come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> <my> motherfucking video, <laughs> hey, bro, come on now, dog. Come on, man. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Do some, just take some responsibility in your industry. Yeah. And yeah. rebel against these things. Do the right thing. Well, this is the other thing because social media is not. It's not a, I don't know how to say it, but it's not the same as mainstream media like television, right? Mm. Social media is its own world. And on social media, what were we talking about last week? It's just chicks with fat asses. Yeah. Terrible tummy tucks, some of them. Yeah. (laughs) But like, that's the culture there. And the standard of beauty is completely different there. The standard of beauty there is more Afrocentric than it is Eurocentric, actually. Yeah. So, let's say white hips and big bums, big lips. All the white influencers, so to speak, are getting lip fillers. They're getting hip injections, yeah. bottom injections, all bigger boobs. Brazilian butt lips. Exactly. Man. All these... And Brazilians are Africans, mind you. They're Yeah. Yeah. So, all these things that are inherently African on Instagram are desirable. But everywhere else, it's like... Like, mm. yeah, but I don't know. Either way, somebody is going to feel touched by it. And that's the thing. Like, we've gone from beauty is in the eye of the beholder to beauty is X and beauty is Y. And that's not the way it should be. Yeah, beauty is not black true. and white like that. Well, so no no pun intended. Yeah, it's, such a, <laughs> yeah. it's such a subjective thing. It man. is a very subjective thing. I just think everyone needs to be told that their features are beautiful. Yeah, yeah. That that's what we need. The message we need to start getting across. Mm. We need we need to stop getting across that. 
only if, like you said, if you look like X or you look yeah. like Y. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's fucking people up. Because so many people fall into fucking category J, K, L, M, N. Exactly. So they exactly. like look at it and they're like, I'm not represented. Like, exactly. am I ugly? Like, they look at the media and they're like, fuck, on social media, mm. there's no one that looks like me. Mm. That's like praise for being good looking. Mm. And also on adverts, on TV, mass media, newspapers, all yeah, that. Yeah. I'm not there either. So they mm. confused as fuck. Yeah, it causes mental issues. Mm. That's why I thought it was such a important thing for Rihanna to come out with that line of plus-sized things for women and for men. Yeah. Because men also do look at themselves and be like, mm, damn, that's n- that ain't it. You know, like physically, they can also be insecure in the same way women can. So I think that was a very important thing. We need to see more of that in like designer, yeah, in like high-end fashion. Like I think Beyonce, like not Beyonce, Rihanna's the only one that's done that pretty much on a on a mainstream level, including people who are plus size like that. I don't think Victoria's Secret sells lingerie for women who are plus size. I don't think yeah. FHM puts women who are plus size in their magazines. It's always skinny white women, usually blonde. Yeah. Um, and that's just their standard of beauty. I guess they know who they're selling their magazines to, but mm. it does create that. That depression, that insecurity for women, yeah, yeah, even men. Uh, and men, yeah, about them, a lot of men, more actually, uh, uh like proportionately, mm. men actually suffer more from body dysmorphia than women. Really, especially with the rise of Instagram and fitness influencers, uh, like all these dudes who take steroids and then claim to be natural bodybuilders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, creating body dysmorphia they or they have body dysmorphia themselves yeah, yeah which is the funny thing and they're creating it for men who go on to social media and see these tough guys mm. and they're like fuck i can't look like that mm. or they try chase it because this guy's saying he's all natural he doesn't take any mm. supplements or s- yeah, yeah yeah and then you gym natural for years and years and you don't even look like that at all and it's like it's not that you're not working hard enough or mm. you look bad. Mm. It's just that this guy fucking took shit that yeah. he took that you didn't take. Yeah. But he told you he was doing the same thing as you. Nah. And now a lot of men are suffering from body dysmorphia out there. And it's getting worse day by day. Well, it makes sense because not only are we being shown by other men that our physicality is inadequate, but we're also being told by women at the same time, yeah. what their dream man is physically. Yeah, true. And very seldom is it a, another nigga with some stretch marks. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, yeah. it's always like, okay, he must be tall. And there's very little that we can do about our height. Like, uh, unlike other physical have aspects, you seen right? what women's idea of a dad bod is? What women's is idea of a dad bod versus the actual, actual dad, dad bod <laughs> are two very different things. Like, yeah, women's no. idea of a dad bod is like, you still need to look fucking tough and yeah, not yeah, yeah. ripped. Just not ripped. You just need to be physically fit. Tough, yeah, like a yeah. big burly guy. Yeah. And it's like the real dad body is like a gut and just average size of a gut. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, exactly. It's like a dad body is between. Okay, it's mildly underweight, uh, overweight. That's what a dad body actually is. Hmm. It's like you're overweight, but you're healthy. <laughs> yeah. You're at a healthy kind of exactly. overweight, but not. You're a tough guy, and you just don't have definition in your muscles. <laughs> that's like it's, what they that's think literally what they think it is. Like a guy that has a flat tummy, but he doesn't have abs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's no. ridiculous. Yeah. So, 
on two on two counts we're the same as women they're like they're being fed images of what they're supposed to look like we're being fed images of what manliness is mm. and then we're also being told by other women that their ideal guy is not is not you yeah is not you you need to be tall need to be making this amount of money need to be uh ripped need to dress in a certain way so yeah it, it is i understand why men are going through that because mm. as the people who initiate relationships with women it's kind of like the onus is on us to look better yeah so i i understand where the yeah where that comes from that makes a lot of sense mm. that makes a lot of sense but yeah men men don't talk about it yeah, men, unfortunately yeah, it's just not us men don't like to be vulnerable yeah yeah mm. i think mm. that was good man i think that was I, a good i've got chat. nothing left Mm. Tank. I mean, do you have anything else? I don't know. Let's see, man. I had you, you. You have this tendency of speaking about the things that I've written down. <laughs> so here I had beauty standards. I have Kevin Hart's new movie, Fatherhood. Uh, yeah, actually, let's talk about fatherhood. Yeah, I actually did want to kind of touch on this. But before we do, let me play a song mm-hmm. so I can get out of this room for a second. Okay. Drop some elevator music. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, all of these sounds would definitely get us in trouble with UMG. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm sure they've got something here that we can play. Mm-mm-mm-mm. What, you need to take a leak or something? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to play some, some shit, man. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'll play some local music. All right.
Into the topic of fatherhood, so <laughs> it's Father's Day. It is Father's Day today. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we already touched on some of the key points of fatherhood. The movie, um, which is obviously the representation of dark-skinned black women, mm. but also the way the single father was portrayed in that movie. Mm. So for s- for those who haven't seen the movie, uh, the the premise is Kevin Hart and his wife are expecting a child. His wife's di- uh, his wife dies shortly after giving birth, and it's his responsibility to raise the child. Okay, yeah. right. So that is a very uncommon story <laughs> in terms of like black men. Right, black men are often portrayed in movies as thugs drug dealers killers or just completely absent yeah so this movie actually showed a different side of that and i thought it was very important for black culture i don't know that's just what i want to speak about is the impact that a movie like this could have on black culture yeah for sure uh a controversial guy that i really like dr umar johnson (laughs) oh my god (laughs) one of my favorite quotes from him is that all content has intent. Mm. And mm. like when you say, when all these movies portray us as black men as being absent yeah, or being yeah. thugs or just bad people mm. in general, mm. that content has intent. It has intention yeah. to actually portray us like that in, mm. rea- in real life. Mm-hmm. So when you get, like you say, fatherhood showing the actual side of black fathers and mm. black men, that we can actually be loving fathers, good people, yeah. who work hard, work good jobs, yeah. Um, then it actually just shows, yeah, like that. That's how we are. That's a, a reality for us. Yeah. Well, well, that it can be at the very least. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I was happy that they did that. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And I think I was also happy that they highlighted uh, the reality of what's happening to a lot of black women these days in relation to childbearing mm, mm. we've seen in the last year or two so many women especially like influential or famous women mm-hmm. who have unfortunately passed away during childbirth mm-hmm. mainly black women mm-hmm. mainly in the west in america and europe it's something that's becoming more prevalent yeah and it's always a case of there was no complications but after they've given birth to the baby or during labor all of a sudden there's something that wasn't discovered. Some sort of cyst, some sort of mm. cancer, some sort of blood clot. But that goes back to like a, a theory. Well, I don't know how provable it is, but it goes back to a theory that women in hospitals aren't given the same attention. 
So although like, okay, you can give birth to a healthy child and whatever, but they're not given the same attention in terms of picking up things that need to be picked up like that. Like the due diligence isn't done mm. thoroughly enough as it pertains to black women, like women yeah, in particular. Women especially. Yeah. But the way, the way uh, Kevin Hart was portrayed, what well, well, was portraying this father, uh, this, this single father was brilliant. And I think it, Gives niggas, like, there are a lot of niggas that are probably in this situation right now. Like, they lost their wives or they're divorced and yeah. they found that, okay, he's the more mentally fit person and economically fit person to raise this child on his own rather than co-parenting. That is a reality, but it's not really spoken about because women are winning in the oppression Olympics, right? <laughs> <laughs> they're winning in the oppression Olympics and... The very fact that this guy went to work with his child, you know, he didn't have a nanny, mm. you know, he went to work with his child, was going to work exhausted, all these things that women <laughs> are typically characterized as, yeah. you know, the primary caregiver. Niggas do that too, <laughs> right? Exactly. They're not as, and uh, it's pretty much what I was saying in our last pod, oh, no, it wasn't our last podcast, it was a conversation that I was having with my dad. Another very interesting conversation. <laughs> it it bordered on misogyny. I won't lie. I'll give you guys a taste of the <laughs> conversation. The the conversation right now. My dad is like. Um. Earlier on, it, uh, women. Uh. It was it was important that women were at home with the child, right? Mm-hmm. And I said that's one part of their oppression dialogue that I've never really understood. I don't think it was oppressive that women were at home with the children. I just think that women are more adept biologically to raise children, right? They yeah. breastfeed. Temperamentally, they have uh, more nurturing qualities yeah. that help with that. And I was like, that's not to say that men are useless at nurturing for children. They're just less adept to doing it. Yeah. So having a woman at home, whereas men are temperamentally focused on careers and achieving and this type of thing, non-domestically, mm. then yeah, it makes sense that women are at home. It's not necessarily a sexist statement to make, but I can see why people would portray it that way. But anyways, this is what Kevin Hart was doing in this movie, although things were more difficult for him and you could see it like yeah. you could see that a woman would probably handle that situation better than him. He still made it work, dude. Yeah, but sometimes he he chose the unnecessarily difficult route. Like, get a <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. babysitter, though. Yeah, just, absolutely. Just be absolutely. Like, bro, get a babysitter. But they showed us how when he had that one babysitter come over, and it's like, he didn't feel like, I don't know, she was the right fit or something yeah, like that. That white woman. Interview candidates, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You don't need to go vacuum in the office. Just true, so your baby could true. self-cry. Like, you could literally... If I was honestly your employer. Yeah. If I'm your employer, <laughs> I know how much I pay you. Yeah, yeah. I signed those checks. I know that you can afford a babysitter. I know you can afford a babysitter. <laughs> I'm going to say to you, get a babysitter. Yeah. I don't want to see this baby in my office. Crying. By the shit. end of this week. This yeah. is the last <laughs> few days, I'll accept this. Yeah. I'm giving you this week to sort out your babysitting situation. And then next week, don't come with your baby to work. <laughs> like, 
but I get you. But yeah. then the comedic aspect would have been lost. You know. Yeah, like, I know. I think it's ridiculous yeah. that yeah. there was a vacuum <laughs> and a baby in the office. This guy's trying to vacuum, trying to get the baby to stop. Like that yeah. is necessary. Okay, but I feel in reality that's not gonna fly. Yeah, in yeah, reality, yeah. He, he would have gotten a babysitter. But for the movie, it worked. Yeah, no, it yeah. worked. It worked. But I think they were just trying to over exaggerate the effort that he was putting into having this child you know just to mm. show that aspect of niggas can have this on lock dude they can work a full-time job and raise a baby on their own dude like mm. basically but yeah no that that movie in terms of a, a strong black father role i haven't seen since well i haven't seen it since boys in the hood because mm. Boys in the Hood, remember the, the, the kid after, you know, misbehaving at, at home and whatever, his mother's like, dude, you're going to go live with your father now. Yeah. And he lived with his father. And his father taught him very, like, important principles about being a man. Yeah. What it took to be a man. And I haven't seen a story like, like that where a father is so well, a black father is so well represented as a, as a caregiver, dude. So, mm. yeah, no, that, kudos on that, man. And Kevin Hart has been in the news a lot lately. <laughs> okay, he responded to all his haters about him not being as funny as he used to be. We also spoke about this on the pod yeah. recently. And Kevin Hart isn't as funny as he used to be, okay? Mm. That doesn't mean he's not funny. Yes. And that doesn't mean his legacy is tarnished. Yeah. Like, he's got 10 specials and maybe 7 out of the 10 are hysterical. Mm. That is a great number to have of really funny specials. Your 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 legacy is not going anywhere, bro. Like, but he had time. He said, "Yeah, I know the the issue with you guys is that this uh this generation is too sensitive, right? And that's why comedians today can not be as funny as we used to be. For example, the joke that he had about saying faggot or his child being gay or something like that. You can't make a joke like that in 2021." And then the retort to that, that that people had to that was that, dude, if you need something that controversial just to be funny, then you really did fall off. And I was like, yo, I was like, yeah. I disagree with the people. I, I, I agree with that. You don't need only con- uh, controversial material to be funny or offensive material yeah. to be funny. I was like, you don't only need that. Yeah. But... Those things do need to be joked about. They do. I agree. Because I don't want to fucking live in a society where every serious thing has to just be serious. Yeah. Do you know how fucking depressing that is? Yeah, it is depressing. Oh my God, grow some fucking humor, guys. (laughs) (laughs) If you can't laugh about being gay, straight, Mm. biracial, whatever the fuck it is, Mm. it's it's going on in your life. You're Mm. just going to be sad and protesting the whole time. Mm. You want to be Martin Luther King every day? Nah. Like, come on, fam. Nah. Come on. <laughs> this, is, this is, yeah, come on. But this is the thing about, like, black people as well. Like, this is something that we, that we have a double standard about. Nigger can never be joked with by other people outside of our race. Yeah. That, that word, right? Louis C.K. did it. He was pretty successful at it. But... You can never use the word nigger and joke about it. But why is it that black people, when it comes to using the word faggot, which is as powerful as a word to gaze as it is for for the word nigger? Well, I think it's because you can be black and gay. (laughs) 
You could be white and be a nigga. (laughs) (laughs) How? Represent a group, I believe in that, but because I've, I've again, not, okay, I'm pretty sure there are instances of it, but I've never mm. heard. And please excuse my French, but I've never heard any black comedian joke about Asians calling them chinks, and yeah, whatnot. yeah, yeah. But I'm sure I've heard Asian comedians do that because yeah. they're part of the group, yeah, yeah. Like we can let these jokes fly about yeah, ourselves, yeah, you know what I mean. But what if it's a, a if it's a straight Man, using the word, uh, and you—they th- know you're straight. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Yes, Kevin is straight. Yes. So it's like, it's offensive for him, but he's just getting a joke off. I don't think he came into that stage to say, "I want to make gay people feel bad today. I want yeah. to spread hate speech." I don't think he did that. No. Yeah. The intent, obviously. Mm. Yeah, it was obvious. He had a joke about gays, but he used a derogatory word to refer to them. But that's part of the punchline. It's part of the joke. <laughs> is it though? Like, like, would the joke slap the same if instead of using that word, he said, "Yeah, gay boy." Like, it wouldn't slap the same. <laughs> gay boy is funny. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> gay boy is funny. But okay, I I get what your yeah, point is. Like, I, yeah. Sometimes you have to just joke about these things. Mm. Uh, but uh, I said I'm against the people on this. I side with. Dave Chappelle, aside with Kevin, yeah, yeah, aside yeah. with all these comedians, mm. like, can you guys think? Think about it. Mm. If there's one comedian for mm. sure who we all love, but w- he's he would be done today is Bernie Mac. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Bernie Mac would never survive in this. Era, You'd never survive. But he's one in of the era. funniest comedians in history because he was able to pop off these controversial jokes, that and is, we that all is understood true. what you've said many times. We all understood the social contract that yeah. it's just a joke. Yeah. He's just joking. He's on stage. He's just joking. That's it. It's a social contract at the time during the performance. We mm. all laugh about it. Mm. Outside of it, don't go around saying faggot and all those things. Absolutely. But Absolutely. During your performance, we have the contract. We know it's just jokes. He's just mm. letting off funny things. We're mm. going to laugh about it. But these days, people don't want to have those social contracts. But these days, people are going to be mad everywhere. Look, I'm with you, man. I'm just playing devil's advocate because there are groups that have been historically oppressed, okay? Black people, Jewish people, gay people, right? Mm. Jews don't care anymore because I... Th- and one of the reasons I think this is is because they've made it. Yeah, Jews have owned the world. They own the world they now, own right? New York, they own everything. They own basically every everything, dude. They own everything. And I think that's why they don't care necessarily about the jokes, okay? There are some, like, really touchy points, like Hitler and the Holocaust and stuff like that. But I don't think they're as sensitive as black people and gay people are. Mm. Like, even women aren't that sensitive towards misogynistic comedy anymore. They're more worried about, like, the racial stuff now. Like, black women are, like, on our side when it comes to that. But black people making jokes about, making homophobic jokes, rather. Like, I can see why it upsets people. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, like, for it. But I can see why it upsets people. 
David Dave Chappelle had a funny joke, and maybe it's the same point of view that you just gave me now, is that he went to the the head of uh, the network's like ethical committee or whatever it is, and she said that, hey, dude, I, I've seen the recent sketch that you did. This is when you saw on the Chappelle show, right? Yeah. And I, I saw the recent sketch that you did, and I thought it was super funny. But quick thing, you said the word faggot, and I can't let you get away with that. I, I, I can't let you air that on, mm. te- on network television, right? And then he's like, all right, uh, I guess I'll take the word out. I'll just, you know, write something else around that situation yeah. and make it something else. And then he's like, as he's about to leave the office of this woman, he's like, how is it that I can say the word nigga with perfect <laughs> impunity, but I can't say the word faggot, right? Mm. And then she says, well, because Dave, you're not gay. And then he yeah. says, well, I'm not a nigger either. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought that summed it up perfectly because him saying, like, her saying that means that she thinks nigger is black. And that's not the way we mean it anymore, right? We use nigger as just, like, a a term for person, right? This (laughs) nigger. Not this nigger. Like, how come I can say the word nigger with perfect impunity, but but I I can't say the word faggot? It's like, because you're not gay. It's like, I'm not a nigger either. (laughs) I thought that was a brilliant joke. It was like... Oh man, mm. but that joke wouldn't be the same without the word faggot, right? You you yeah. can't have that joke without the derogatory term in it. Like, I even watched a YouTube video this morning yeah. about why Dave Chappelle's uh, what, uh, like how old is fifteen really? He, it's a joke in one of his specials. <laughs> Don't from tell back me it's a pedophilia joke. Where he yeah. speaks about when R. Kelly pissed on that fifteen-year-old girl. Yeah, yeah. And then like he goes on a whole tangent of like. How some girl was kidnapped, right? She uh, was like uh-huh. 14, 15 when she got kidnapped. Yeah. And it was like when they kidnapped her, they told her, like, stay in the house, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're leaving. Don't go anywhere. Yeah. You come back. She did just that. Mm-hmm. But like a month later, so that girl was kidnapped. There was a seven year old black girl that got kidnapped. Mm-hmm. She chewed her way through the duct tape they used to, like, uh, container. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She broke out of the house, called for help, found her way home, Shit. and he was like, and he said, like, you're 15 and you've been kidnapped like eight miles away from home. <laughs> he was like, if I was 15 and I got kidnapped, list anything less than 20 miles from home, mm. I would know where I am. I would know. Yeah. Like, and it was all in relation to like. That thing of the chick getting pissed on by yeah, R. Yeah. Kelly. Yeah. And you were saying, you're telling me at 15, you're not going to move out of the way of someone <laughs> pissing on you. <laughs> are you really that much of a child at 15? Yeah. Mm. And those are controversial jokes that mm. people don't want to joke about that stuff. And say, She's a victim. She was a child. Grooming. What? And it's like, but fam, be honest. You in grade nine, were you going to let anyone piss on you and just stand there? You weren't. And now those jokes can't fly off. You can't make those types of jokes yeah, anymore. Yeah. Or comedians. And that's what annoys me about people these days. Mm. Like, people are just too sensitive. Yeah. And so kind of what I was... Um, I, I don't know if I told you about this video of Jordan Peterson and Andrew Schultz on the, the brilliant... Uh, well, fragrant, flagrant you. 
Mm. It's like, okay, Jordan Peterson is a professor at a university and Andrew Schultz is a comedian. Yeah. And they were talking about why comedians are trying to get away from the universities. Like, usually that was a pretty good place to start building a name besides comedy clubs. Yeah. If you're a comedian, go to a university, you do it for free and a whole, like, a thousand people know about you instantly. Mm. So now they're trying to get away from that because those universities are now called safe spaces. And it's basically this place where you can't offend anybody. And, you know, comedians, they like to say things that are tongue-in-cheek and maybe a little bit off-color. But now universities are safe spaces, and you say anything about any group, dude. There's going to be somebody in the crowd that's, like, touched, dude, or at least a couple Mm. of people, because universities actually are representative of, unlike unlike TV and stuff, they represent a lot of cultures and a lot of ways of life and a lot of belief systems and a lot of, okay, sexualities or genders, gender types. And now comedians are like, no, we can't make jokes about Caitlyn Jenner. Like, that's low-hanging fruit. I want to make a joke about (laughs) Caitlyn Jenner. About transgenderness, yeah. rism, whatever the fuck. Like, I want to be able to do that, but now they're moving away from that because everybody's just so sensitive. It's like, what do you even talk about? Exactly. Because the funniest jokes are actually the ones about people. Shit. Yeah. yeah, about people and the things that they hold sacred. Like, religious jokes, I found I find hilarious, dude. Exactly. Even when I was, like, really devout and stuff, I was like, that's that's funny. The pedophile priest jokes of the Catholic... I grew up Catholic, like, super Catholic, dude. Yeah. And those jokes were hilarious to me. Like, these guys are saying, I believe in God, and at the same time, they're putting their dicks in little (laughs) boys, (laughs) giving them weak holes, (laughs) making their holes weak. I found those jokes hilarious, and they're about really, 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 really bad things. Now you can't even do that. You can't do that. Yeah, it's messed up. Yeah, Like, I understand. Maybe us regular civilians shouldn't be making these jokes. No, in everyday life, it shouldn't be acceptable. Comedians, I feel like, should be able to. I agree. Like I said, it's just a social contract you need to have with them that it's just a joke. Mm. But we are where we are right now, man. People in society are sensitive. People want to cancel everything and everyone. Yeah. And of course, a lot of people, funny enough, now are catching on to the fact, a lot of the, the cancelers mm-hmm. are catching on to the fact now that, oh, it's not a group assignment. They're now starting to discover exactly. that, oh shit, the artist I told everyone not to listen to, people actually should still listen to them, stream them uh, like as normal. <laughs> yeah, I think they're starting to figure out that. Yeah. No one actually cares about your opinion. Yeah, yeah. Sadly. Sadly <laughs> enough. Because people feel powerful when they rally up on social media and say, cancel whoever, whoever, until they realize that person is still pretty much kicking it. They're just chilling. <laughs> people still support them. People still stream their music, their show, yeah. whatever it is. And then you realize, oh, wow, it was just me. <laughs> like, yeah, you're not as important yeah. as you thought you were. Dude, my, my favorite to witness, because I follow a lot of the fan pages, is Eminem. Oh, I love the hate that he gets. It's the best, dude, because he's been saying this stuff since he was, since the tw- uh, early 20th, uh, since the early 2000s, right? Yeah. He's been saying all the stuff that is now cancelable, and he's never stopped. <laughs> and the attempts to cancel him, I saw somebody try to cancel him using a TikTok video, it's like... 
ah, dude, it's like, it's so cringe, but it's like, you guys are trying to cancel okay, Eminem. Fine, fair enough. He puts out a bad album because he said that Trump is not his president. They try to cancel him for that, right? They yeah. try to say, people that support Trump but also listen to my music, stop listening to my music. He basically canceled himself. And then he gets on record and saying, hey, dude, I cut my fan base in half and still outsold you. That. That, that's a flex because yeah. it's actually true. <laughs> so all these these attempts to cancel people like that, like where their fan bases are just too radical to let it actually Bro. happen. You guys have to realize that it, it isn't a group assignment, dude. Because not only does Eminem go after rape victims, which is probably not my favorite thing about him, but he also goes after gays. <laughs> He goes Bro. after all these groups, and if you don't fall into one of those groups, you're going to be mad about something. Exactly. Dude. You're going to be, like... It's like the most controversial guy to stream his music today, mm. R. Kelly. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. it bothers me when people try to police whether mm. or not people should be streaming his music. Mm. And I'm like, man, shut up, bro. Like, yeah. his music is fire. You really think... I don't care what the person did. Yeah. The music is fucking fire. I'm going to listen to the Yeah, that's that's where I'm at, man. And people try to make you be like, he's such a bad person for listening to it. And I'm like, man, I'm going to bop this all the way to hell, my boy. I'm going to bop this shit, like, all the way. This is the other thing. R. Kelly doesn't even own his music anymore. So if you're streaming, you're actually not directly supporting R. Kelly, the person. Yeah. <laughs> you're just doing great things for the publishing company yeah, that does own his music. <laughs> So it's just it's whack dude you, you're not gonna stop me from listening to eminem or michael jackson because you've heard people rumor mm. about things that they've done i mean even if they've done it let's say for instance they've done that shit like what does that have to do with their music actually yeah like care. actually what does it have to do with them i think what put people off of r kelly is because he, he actually did that shit and his music said that he did that shit <laughs> That's different yeah. to the other folks. Exactly. Yeah. But people just didn't understand that you don't like someone. Do it on your own. Close your ears. Yeah. Yeah. Turn your phone off or mute <laughs> mute them on, on exactly. whatever. So yeah. same as comedians, man. If Kevin pops off jokes that you find unsavory, yeah. I'm still laugh at it. True. True. Like uh What do you think is off out of bounds for you? Or is nothing out of bounds when it comes to comedy? Yeah, as long as that social con- contract is in place. Exactly. As long as you're not going to go out and spread hate speech. Because there's a difference mm. between Kevin Hart making a joke saying, ah, man, I'm so disappointed my son turns out gay or whatever. Mm-hmm. Versus him actually saying, I don't like gay people. I hate all of you gay people. There's a huge difference. But him saying that he doesn't want his son to turn out gay is a form of hate speech because you're, you're implying that there's something wrong with being gay. That's the way they're going to flip it on yeah, you. Yeah, that's the way they'll flip it. But I'm yeah. saying it's, there's a difference between making that joke and the way he sets it up yeah, and everything right. versus him just getting on the stage and saying, you know who I don't like? I don't like gays. gay people. <laughs> that's a different story now. That's completely different. Yeah, that's why yeah, it's like, yeah. now your joke's a bit, hey, yeah. it's touch and go. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. It's you still going to be funny. I, I feel like yeah. you're still going to laugh. <laughs> still gonna but you're going to be guilty about laughing about yeah, it now. <laughs> see, so that's what I'm saying. Unless it's out there like it's really obvious mm. hate speech mm. then it's off out of bounds for me but otherwise if you're doing it in a cool ass funny way mm. i'm with you man make that joke you're gonna laugh shit yeah, yeah. you're gonna enjoy it yeah 
No, I agree, man. I agree. I think that's all from my side. I have nothing more to add to that conversation. Very, very, very interesting. You know, I just came here to also tell you guys, all of y'all's favorites are out of the playoffs. All y'all's oh, favorites. <laughs> Everybody, dude. <laughs> Wait, it's no LeBron. It's no, it's KD, no KD. No Kyrie. No Kyrie. No James Harden. Damn, all man. Them. All of them at home. All of them were sitting at home in their gowns. This is the final. Dude, it's literally this year's kind of UEFA Champions League finals to me. Like, all, like, Chelsea were really in obscurity. Like, they weren't a favorite to win until mm. the finals, dude. Until the day of the finals. Like, they just yeah. kind of came out of nowhere because they were doing bad domestically. And yeah, then when they, when they changed their manager, everything just changed. Everything Fortune changed. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. enjoy the rest of the playoffs, guys. I don't know how their ratings are going to look this year, but it is like a <laughs> kind of a Leicester-y thing, Leicester winning the season type but of I, thing. I like it, man. Give some other stars a chance to win. Absolutely, dude. It's, yeah. it's, it's redating that thing of whatever team Steph Curry or LeBron is on exactly. is going to win the champion. No, 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 no. Give no, some no. other stars a chance. Yeah, no, we're seeing a lot of guys that are crazy, bro. Like, Booker, I always knew Booker was a good player, but this is crazy what he's doing yeah, now. Man. He's carrying a team, dude. If they can get the ring, Chris Paul's gonna finally get his ring. Even though he's oh, not man. got COVID, he can't play. I don't he's care. He's finally gonna get his ring. I don't care. He Suns can pull it off. He it. deserves a ring. He's like the Stephen Gerrard of this shit. <laughs> he really. He needs the ring. He man. needs that ring, he man. Deserves it. Oh man, he's what a player! Point guard for a reason. Point guard. <laughs> yeah. 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 But that's it, man. We'll see you guys when we see you. Yeah, yeah. Any shout outs? Ah, shout out to my honey. <laughs> Baby, I love you. <laughs> Tim Squad. <laughs> Holding it down. Yeah, yeah, man. Shout out to Sando. Shout out to Eddie. Mm. Shout out to everyone who listens to the show. We appreciate you. Don't forget, like I said in the beginning, follow us on our socials. Mm. If you do go to the shop and check the sensor and shit, take a picture, take a selfie, mm. and then tag us on mm. social media. At YGF Podcast on Twitter with the hashtag YGFP. <laughs> hashtag Sensodyne. And then hashtag Sensodyne. Yeah, do that, man. Send yeah. us a selfie with me in the, in the toothpaste aisle. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll repost you. Facts. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Imagine this actually happens. If this actually happens, we'll do a giveaway. Fuck it. Yeah, we'll give away something. Something. Something nice. Still got the Ferrari in the warehouse? Yeah, man. <laughs> Still there? <laughs> give it a wash. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit dusty. It's a bit ashy. Yeah, All so right. It's been episode... 90, bro. 90. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Where's my clap? I almost blew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 90 episodes, bro. Soon to be 100, bro. It's going to be crazy. Well, we out, guys. Have a good week. Yeah, yep. Yeah.